This is Why The Last Man podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Why The Last Man, Episode 8, Ready, Aim, Fire. You'll find a group where you fit in. This is what, your intuition? You had a dream or something? You don't like me because what? Because I, I, I liked my husband? Because I'm not 22? You're angry. I don't blame you. I know what it's like to wake up in a life you didn't ask for. But I can't help you, Nora. You're not our people. We'll die out there. <sighs> Give yourself some credit. You made it this far. Welcome back, fellow survivors. Pew, 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 pew. Yes, we are talking about Ready, Aim, Fire. Episode 8 of Season 1 of Why the Last Man. And this is TV Podcast Industries. And I am one of your hosts, John. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. And rounding out the monkeys that are in this podcast, I am Chris. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> let's not do the whole podcast like that guys. oh come on that's gonna be brilliant <laughs> that would be comedy awesome. gold the only person that would understand that would be ampersand so uh, yeah. we we could get a whole new following of of like primates and stuff they're yeah. the next billion podcast users <laughs> they are unable to subscribe on apple podcasts or google Podcasts or spotify all the places where our podcast is um is that be- well? They have opposable thumbs, or is it just because the terms and conditions stake people? Yeah, they're, they're smart enough not to subscribe uh, to Apple after reading the terms and conditions. Uh, uh, okay, because they, they read it through. They actually yeah. go through live. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, you can find us under TV Podcast Industries on any good or villainous podcast catcher of, t- of your choice. Yes, you can. Big week this week, guys. Um, it certainly is. Um, slightly. <laughs> Absolutely. A very happy birthday to my uh, wonderful co-host, John. Why, uh, thank you. Yes. Coming up uh, next week. 25. Excellent, excellent <laughs> age to be. <laughs> mm, yes. Okay. Uh, 25 five, again and 25, again and again and again. <laughs> 25 times 2. Uh, minus minus six. Yes, um, it's it's like an episode of Countdown. Can you guess his age? No. And we're also slightly under the weather today because we were celebrating my birthday. Exactly. Yes. Yes, my birthday was ages ago, ladies and gentlemen. So this is the illustrious happy birthday song in Monkey. To my co-hosts. No. 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 Hey, I'm not going to sing. It could be worse. I could just sing happy birthday and then everyone yeah, do would just go, no. But let's get this back on track and discuss other big news that came out this week. Yes, we need to address the monkey in the room, gentlemen. Um, big announcement this week. Unfortunately, uh, FX on Hulu which is now part of Disney, has passed on the option for a second season of Why the Last Man. Uh, they have been involved in the production of the show since 2015, I believe. Wow. Um, when they got the original rights. It may even be a little bit before that. Um, but there was an announcement, a statement from showrunner Eliza Clark over on Twitter uh, this week where she said that uh, we have learned that we will not be moving forward with FX on Hulu for season two of Why the Last Man. I have never in my life been more committed to a story and there is so much more left to tell. Why the Last Man is about gender and how oppressive systems inform identity. We had a gender 
diverse team of brilliant artists led by women at almost every corner of reproduction, producers, writers, directors, cinematographers, production design, costume design, stunt coordination and more. It is the most collaborative, creatively fulfilling and beautiful thing I've ever been a part of. We don't want it to end. FX has been an amazing partner. We have loved working with them and we're sad that Why the Last Man is not going forward at FX on Hulu, but we know that someone else is going to be very lucky to have this team and this story. I've never experienced the remarkable solidarity of this many talented people. We are committed to finding why it's next home. Hashtag why lives on. Oh, nice hashtag. Um, yeah, that's great. Great little statement, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really uh, great to to hear, you know, that there's that commitment. And I mean, you can you can understand why if if the the creative atmosphere and collaboration is is so good, mm-hmm. uh, it, but it's really good to know that Eliza Clark and her team are going to be, you know, busy in a way to find uh, another home yeah. uh, for Why the Last Man. So uh, that that that, whilst it's sad news, it's great. There's that commitment to mm-hmm. find another home, yeah. uh, and really hope that um, that they do, you know, because I think it, it is a really interesting story and you know as the seasons developed it's you know it's layered into uh you know new stuff into the the comics i mean mm-hmm. like we see in this episode with nora Absolutely. uh you know and so i think this is uh like a fascinating adaptation of the the comic by absolutely. brian k vaughan and pierre guerrera yeah yeah, absolutely. It's been a really good adaptation. We talked a little bit in the first episode of the show about um, how long it's taken for this production to come to fruition, really. There's been multiple different versions of it, and that seems to have been part of the challenge with FX picking up uh, the series uh, for a second season. Um, there was a report out this week from THOR. Now, again, this is a report from uh, from them as an organization. It's an opinion piece, really, on why they believe uh, the show hasn't moved forward at Hulu. Um, it's been a, a kind of a different fit since FX was bought by uh, by Disney. Um, yeah. Why the Last Man is a property owned by DC Comics and their parent company, Warner Brothers. Um, it's part of the Vertigo imprint in comic books, which is owned by the rival company, effectively. So at the moment, just simply having the show on uh, on a Disney-owned company or a Disney-predominantly-owned company is a weird fit for the series. So um, usually that, that would mean that it would have to have a very strong impetus for them to push more money into into the property but in the case of uh, of why the last man from the report from thor what they were saying was the rights were picked up in 2015 it was ordered to series back in february 2019 and at that point a lot of people were committed to the project a lot of the actors uh, at the time were committed into the into uh, deals for uh, for the the run of the show and normally these deals are two or three seasons effectively is what everybody signed into um Unfortunately, we did use, lose the original showrunners and some of the major cast for the show, and, and the production of season one didn't actually get underway until October 2020, which is obviously a number of years after all of these deals were signed. So um, so there was also another big move in the show itself. It was moved from linear TV, which was uh, supposed to be originally broadcast episode by episode, week by week on FX, moved to the digital streaming platform, which is Hulu, and how it was released with three episodes up front and then a new episode each week. So... All of those things together meant changes in production, changes of, of how it was delivered with COVID obviously in the mix there, uh, pushed out a lot of, yeah. a lot of the elements. But the report said that, um, a decision had to be made by the 15th of October or else new contracts would have to be signed with all the major cast. Um, given that the show is only, it's kind of in the middle of its season, uh, when, yeah. that, when that 
deadline came on and What's known to happen in TV is they have a bit of a mid-season slump in ratings. People don't catch up with the episode as it's going, uh, usually increasing after the fact and usually increasing towards the end of the series. People catch up and and usually watch the final episode in bigger numbers kind of thing. Um, and FX usually wait until either they have a massive rating set like they did with um, Only Murders Left of the Building yep. uh, to confirm a second season. They did that after episode four or five because it was absolutely massive too. The biggest comedic actors in the yeah. world are on that show. So uh, understandable why it got a big push. And it's only a half an hour comedy as well. So um, so <laughs> that did really, really well. But for a show like Why the Last Man, FX wouldn't traditionally cancel those types of shows. They would leave them air, assess after the fact to see how people picked up on the show and then make a decision on season two. So this all seems really unusual for FX to pull the show while it's in its in its first season particularly given how long it's taken to get to the screen and i think overall looking at the the rotten tomatoes ratings we're somewhere in like the 70s for why the last man which is pretty good overall for this kind of show that can be very divisive uh this kind of drama show uh, it's got very positive reviews and some negative reviews so uh, as you always get a, a mixed kind of uh, reaction so yep. it's yeah. it, there's nothing here telling us that this is to do with ratings that's to no. do with the people watching it there seems to be a lot of uh, a lot of fans out there now including ourselves um and it just seems to be unfortunate timing the way it's happened yeah it also i and look it, it's terrible to say it's a slightly money decision it is predominantly like they have not got a full sense of where the ratings are like what the sh- how great the show is doing. And as you said, look, a lot of shows I do that on myself, which is I'll kind of tune in for the first couple, something else will grab my attention, and then I'll come back and binge the last couple of episodes and then just in red time for a finale. And we're not there with that, with this show. Beyond that, then they still would have had to con- basically contractually lock production, cast, crew, the whole shebang down for another year on the 15th. And then that that's an expensive lock because you're yeah. basically locking them yeah. in say you cannot entertain any other offers. You have to come in. You have to stay with us, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Essentially, if you're saying that's on the 15th, then essentially at the beginning of October, really, is when they have to start pulling all the costings together mm-hmm. with the, that initial package going into the big wigs to make the decision yeah i think the quoted figure is somewhere around three million that they would have to put on the line on the 15th of october um, yeah. to keep everybody that needed locked in for season two yeah. um locked in so um so yeah it's just it's just unfortunate timing but again I, I, as you can hear from the statement from eliza clark it, it, she does seem really positive that there's an opportunity for somewhere else yeah. you know this this is a property that for, while it was uh in its original run of comics there was huge interest in turning this into either a movie or a series of movies or uh, or a TV series, a premium TV series, whatever whatever way you want to describe those now streaming series, premium TV series. Um, so there was huge interest, and it's finally gotten to the screen after all of these years. And it's I personally think it's doing a really good job of telling this story. Yeah. And I think we've we've all yeah, been absolutely. kind of on board with it. So it would be a real shame after all of that time to pull the plug and say we'll never see a season two of this show. Um, I, I think the question lies: where does it go? It, yeah. it, it does essentially. You've only got three potential properties: HBO Max, um, obviously being the biggest one because it is Warner Bros. Mm-hmm. It is connected there. That is the obvious choice. You then got Prime on Amazon, uh, and then you also have Netflix. Those are the three major, the major options outside of that. And then you're looking at like a YouTube or a, a more 
uh, an alternative streaming platform option, uh, production, or you, maybe they go old school and try and bring it back to TV. It could but, be a linear TV option. There's there's no yeah. reason why uh, why it wouldn't. Again, the storytelling is very much episode by episode. Yep. It's not. Um, uh, it, it may not be that kind of show that would that would traditionally transfer to to a Netflix or an Amazon all dropped up one day, you know, and I think it's, I think it's long form storytelling as we talked about before. So, yeah. um, I, I would, I, I would agree with you. HBO Max seems like the obvious choice for it. Um, it's just one of those things. I think there's quite a high cost, uh, of a show like this because, uh, remember every episode, they're almost in a new location, which is a very costly way to make a show. If you're moving to new locations or new destinations, they have to feel really different because they're going to different cities in America over and over again and telling different stories in different places. So uh, we just lost a massive set in this episode. So uh, you understand how those kind of shows could be quite expensive for somebody to take on. But um, HBO Max won't have this on their slate of or their budget for next year right now, I presume. So, um, so unless they've already been approached, we may be waiting a while between season one and two. Yeah, I think so. And it, it, I'll be very honest. It's a shame to see it come to this. I, I do hope that we, we, we get a somewhat happy resolution at the end of this season. Mm. Um, but I, I am, um, doubtful. I am assuming that more than likely we will get some form of season based cliffhanger yeah. and let's, then yeah. hope and pray that we get uh, a, a solution and a follow-up to this. Yeah. We had mentioned before that Liza Clark was writing to a five-season uh, arc, uh, was where she was uh, where she was writing towards. Uh, but nothing's a sure thing, um, as we've as we've mentioned many times. Unfortunately, as podcasters, we've covered many shows that only ended that ended after a first season. Uh, that ne- you can never count, no matter how big the property or no matter how how much love is behind it or uh, how many how much audience is behind it. In some cases. Um, you can't, uh, I can't guarantee it unless, uh, unless there is a contract in place, unfortunately. But we're really hopeful. We'll be crossing our fingers to, uh, to hear news about season two. And as soon as we hear it, we will bring it to you guys, our wonderful listeners. Yes, we will. Anything else to add, John? No, not really. I mean, it's just to wish Eliza Clark and her team, uh, certainly from this podcast mm-hmm. and, uh, all the very best in finding, uh, why, uh, it, it's next home really Absolutely. and uh because i i think certainly i i've really enjoyed um the season so far i think it's really intriguing um really dynamic uh, and i would love to to be able to see what comes after the season one cliffhanger uh in in a in a season two yeah. you know it, it's always a shame a single season of a series uh just and certainly if they're writing as we said to that you know multiple seasons mm-hmm. because the, there is that connectivity between yeah. them um it, it's the continuity of it. it it doesn't just stop and so um you want to see that continue so yeah i think Absolutely. you know we all wish eliza clark and the team on why the last man uh all the very best in finding why the last man it's next home yeah absolutely yep. it feels like a, a special voice and a different voice out there and I'm, I'm i always want to hear different voices in drama and different voices on tv so uh so yeah let's uh let's look for a new home hashtag why yes. lives on right exactly yes. and if why needs to go on life support for a while please come here and tell us all your secrets if any of the writers or the cast want to jump on our little old podcast and tell us where they were gonna go in season two three four five we would love to have that too 
It'll be a long time before they'll be able to release that, Chris, because they'll be shopping that round. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. But hey, it happened with Lovecraft. Well, yeah, exactly. But I think we can end our discussion there of the, the, the sad news, mm-hmm. uh, and we hope it blossoms into something uh, happy exactly. uh, at some future date. But I think we should get on to our spoiler-filled uh, discussion of episode 8, Ready, Aim, Fire, Derek, what are some of the episode details? Yeah, once again, to mention, the show is based on the comic book series by Brian K. Vaughan and Pia Guerrero with showrunner Eliza Clark, um, who called me out last week um, for putting in the wrong writer for the episode. Um, unfortunately, IMDb has listed um, the the incorrect writer uh, as the writer for every episode. I just copied and pasted it over, forgot to take it from the credits. Um, the writer of last week's episode was Charlie Jane Anders, who did an excellent job. Uh, wanted to give her a yeah. huge shout out here. Uh, did a great job on, the, on that episode. So uh, my Apologies, Liza. I promise I won't do that again. <laughs> uh, Shame. We're going to strip you naked and walk you through Westeros. Bold, bold, Derek. <laughs> and uh, hey, I do have two co-hosts who do. You should be checking the notes. Shame. The quality yeah. control system has broken down. <laughs> uh, but I mean, well, uh, we were also calling the uh, former president's uh, wife the, by the wrong name as well. Yep. We were uh, referring to her as Norma when, in fact, it is Marla. Yes, absolutely. And we did it so many times that I couldn't even edit them out of the podcast and fix it, unfortunately. So, uh, yes, we weren't on our best game last week. So I did double-check this week. Uh, the writer of this episode was Coleman Herbert. Uh, it was a writer on shows including The Killing and Brave New World, two really good shows. Um and director of the episode was Karina Evans, uh, previously directed music videos for Drake before moving to TV and uh, working on shows including Snowfall, which I really enjoyed, uh, and Gossip Girl, uh, which I haven't watched, I must admit. But it gets lots of great trailers uh, that I've seen every week. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, good stuff. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for episode eight of Why the Last Man Ready Ain't Fire? Sure. Strange things are afoot at the price max. Sam is having problems with Roxanne's insistence that he learn to shoot, and as her influence grows over Hero, an irreparable wedge forms between the two best friends. Sam realises he can't live with Roxanne and her group, and decides to strike out on his own. Meanwhile, Roxanne is tightening her grip uh, on the group further, and decides that she can't control Nora the way she has with the other women. It's time for her and her daughter Mackenzie to go. But unwilling to give up her place with the group, Nora learns the truth about Roxanne. Following a better-off-without-them party to celebrate their freedom, Nora sets the group against each other by burning down the price max. She confronts Roxanne with the information about her past and offers to create a new persona for her to become a true inspirational leader. Excellent. And I love this. Chris, it has answered a question for us. Uh, I think you said on episode two of the show, you would be useless in the apocalypse. But look what Nora has done with her job in PR, effectively. Uh, well <laughs> Thanks, done. Yeah. I, I'll <laughs> essentially find and build up a monanical kind of overlord <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of like install them as overruler while yeah. puppet mastering them. Yeah, actually, that does sound like me even in my day job. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you'll finally realize your dreams of controlling uh, controlling yes. a, a leader of a of a new cult. 
<laughs> hey, what the, what we do on the weekends, that's a good thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get into our top moments, guys? Yes. Um, John, do you want to go first with your top moment for the episode? Yes, I, I am picking, uh, I'm picking Sam. Um, mm-hmm. you know, w- we all have a stressful time when we go to the supermarkets, you know, <laughs> queuing, running around with trolleys, but Sam here really for very different reasons is having, um, a way too stressful time at the price max with Roxanne and her group. Um, and it's becoming really, really tense. Uh, you know, uh, we see him, you know, standing back and then being asked to come up and 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 do shooting practice and mm-hmm. you know we learn a bit about him as well here at, at this moment um uh, that he was a, an artist mm-hmm. a struggling artist and so you know he, he really is with everything else with what happened with kelsey all the women keeping their distance mm-hmm. and then you know he is really um feeling on the outs that he doesn't fit in and it's all really goes against who um sam is really and i i just thought it was really um just interesting and it you know it all really coalesces around um this big fight between sam and and hero as their relationship really begins to 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 fracture Mm -hmm. uh and then suddenly get zoomed back uh towards one another again that like the argument was just fascinating and really complex because there were so many different underlying uh, issues about the present in in the price max um and about the the jealousy um from hero about kelsey um and just then the 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 unsaid sort of relationship that they have mm-hmm. and where it is what the aspiration of it could be and and the different perspectives of you know Sam and Hero feeding into that and you know it kind of just ebbed and flowed between being confrontational between the two of them um you know loads of cursing and just like you know F you, uh, uh-huh. that's it, done, to, you know, the, the moment of, you know, that the two of them still, even with this argument, realize they're best of friends, and if not, possibly should be more. With Sam saying Hero is the only family that he has. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just... It was just so well done between these two, um, and it, it really, really got to me because ultimately, in the end, you know, this spurs Sam to to leave, yeah. um, and the it 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 you know you see Hero being hugely upset about it, right. and all the while though, you know, with Hero being upset after Sam has left, you see Roxanne coming in and and, and using it to undermine. Um, hero's confidence in herself, you know, the, the manipulation of Roxanne to pull her into the group. But you also see it with Roxanne watching that argument. It suddenly makes it very exposed for the two of them uh, as they're, that they realize that they're being watched. And you, you know, but you do have that great moment of Sam just really telling Roxanne to just 
get lost really and mm. um, not in those words of course yeah, yeah. but um, i was i was going to choose a clip for this as the opening for our episode but unfortunately i would have to do so much editing out of curse words from it which is not the fault of the show it's really important to have uh, have language in there we just have a, a lower rating than would allow for uh, for that clip um, you know unfortunately. but I, I will say this is the kind of argument that two best friends would have um I, I, yeah you could see it between the two of them it's a really good argument that they're having but I love the kind of petrol that's being thrown on the fire of this argument because Roxanne is coming in going to Sam. You cannot talk to her like that. Lower your voice. That's not how best friends speak to each other. You need to treat her with more respect. Yeah. And she's in there sounding like she's calming down an argument, but actually she's throwing fire on it and throwing that wedge between the exactly. two. Exactly. I thought it was such an interesting it's- use of her character. And this is the kind of manipulation that she has done with all of the other women before. Yeah, it's all about undermining their history, mm-hmm. their relationship. And, you know, it, it was just so good. And, and, I mean, it also just spoke to the, the perception. Um, you know, th- there's the moment where... Um, you know, Hero thinks it's that nothing has happened between them because Sam has said, well, you know, then I just know if, if I did open myself up to you, that the clock would begin to tick. Yes. And, and, and Hero takes that to mean, well, you think I'm a whore then? And it, it's oh, yeah. like, no, it's not. That's not what, what I think of you. It's not how I think of you. And, and actually, it's probably, um, it, it is probably that pr- reflection of how Hero thinks other people see her because yeah. of just how she chooses to live her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it was a, it was just a great piece of writing, yeah. great piece of, um, acting between the two. And I love how at, you know, the moment of the argument, you have Roxanne hovering and, mm-hmm. After Sam has left, you have Roxanne hovering yeah. uh, around Hero, all the while to sort of control Hero, and at least with the the relationship of of Sam and Hero before he 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 leaves the Price Max to to destabilize that relationship, yeah. removing that good angel from Hero's shoulder, and. Um, that you know is saying we don't fit in here this isn't us and um, and Roxanne all the while trying to bring hero uh, in and make her part of who they are the group are and um, yeah. but through that manipulation absolutely I, I didn't yeah. even notice just one thing I noticed the second time I watched it uh, did you see that Roxanne even says um, that Sam has taken tons of food he's been stealing for weeks the women have observed it and actually, when you get to the end of the episode, you actually realize it's Nora has been stealing the food. She's blamed that on Sam, has no uh, no proof at all of that, and is just layering that in as another element, uh, saying he's never coming back, effectively. He took enough food for kind of a day or two, wasn't it? That's that's yeah. what she has him taking. But actually, um, Roxanne is, is pointing the finger at him going, he's taken loads from us and he's never coming back. I know this for definite, but actually she doesn't know that at all. But also, there is another... Uh, another piece of undermining that Roxanne does earlier on, which is in the circle where they're having their discussions. Roxanne yes. is pushing uh, Hero to get up and cast doubt on her relationship with her father and with Yarick. Um, and she even says to her during that, because she's trying to, again, undermine that relationship between her and Sam, she even says to her, 
Well, if you don't want to talk about your your dead father and dead brother, how about you talk about Sam? He's just over there. Maybe you want to interrogate your relationship and all the rest of the girls are feeding into this the whole time. All the rest of the women from the refuge yeah, it- are feeding into this the whole time, firing it up and getting her to question her previous relationships, you know? Yeah, it's really uncomfortable to mm-hmm. watch, to see that the prodding and, yeah, when all the other women uh, in that circle sort of confirm Roxanne and say, well, we do want to hear yeah. what what happened, you know, yeah. constantly confirming uh, the, the direction that Roxanne wants that conversation to go in, which is, as you say, to undermine her previous um, relationships with her father and her brother, and even to be able to try and pick apart anything she says about Sam, because yeah. that's ultimately what she does. She 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 picks at them, and, and 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 maybe you know maybe there with Roxanne there are some grains of truth to oh, that. Yeah. You know, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and you can see that realization on Hero uh, for sure. But it, it's all to keep that control of, of Roxanne in, uh, as leader of that group. Yeah. Yeah, but that, and, and it's, Sam is the one who is not falling in line. Similar to Nora. That they're the, uh, they're the two that decide not yeah. to fall in line and do not praise Roxanne. Roxanne! Sorry, I have to. It's been so many times. Um, <laughs> we've just said the name. It's every time you hear it, I'm like, eh. I know. I do um, think of the police. Yeah. Well, in this one, we definitely do. But let's get to that in a bit. Quite literally. <laughs> but um, it's just so important when you start to see why Roxanne is doing this. She just wants anyone who is not under her control, who is not under her spell. And that's Sam. And Sam is a man uh, for them. And they they just want to get rid with basically Roxanne is like okay, you're not following my order and also you are the embodiment right now of in in my view what I don't like so this this constant attack yeah. on men 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 we see this with the hero um where uh, Roxanne goes on about uh Yark and how evil Yark is uh, as a brother um, and that it's just that constant zeroing in. And it was interesting. They chose to have Sam have his arm around, um, Hero during that conversation. And I, it was just interesting to see Roxanne then, like her head just swiveled towards Sam. So Sam has just been on this consistent, He's been in the firing line for a long time when it comes to this. Yeah. So this has just been when you get that explosion and this fight, this argument, what could have been quite easily resolved just by the two of them, yeah. it just then spills over. It, it, it is that whole thing of, you know, with the narrative that Roxanne has introduced and um, it's the fact that Sam, in her mind, in her narrative and how she's portraying it is you became the enemy effectively. And that's, that's just so weird, but that's how, that's what their, that's their perception of, of, of Sam because of the underlying 
narrative of this group and 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 how this group has coalesced um around that through Roxanne's um I, I'm going to say leadership here, but maybe that's not entirely true given what happened. Coercion. In the rest how of about this, coercion? Coercion, yeah. manipulation again yeah. of it's it's not yeah it's manipulation of, of, of the group. So yeah, yeah. Like really, Roxanne does have to get rid of Sam because he goes against everything she's teaching these women in her mind. She's absolutely focusing on the fact that the that they should all have risen up against the men that were in their lives and become the women that they that they deserve to be yet there's a man sitting in the room with them the whole time i think roxanne has no idea what to do with sam at all because she's setting them all against each other like there's a point where you're kind of going if this was a real world situation where men hadn't disappeared effectively that these women are being trained to go out and kill any man they encounter is what what it feels like that's what roxanne is getting to yet she has a man in the room that's got that's under the protection of heroes so she has to strip that protection away separate the two of them and send him off she will never be able to coerce him to join the group because of the method that she's been using to train these women that their past lives were awful under all the men they're they're around their their uncles their father's friends their their brothers all of those people she's convincing them that those people didn't have their best interests at heart yet sam's in the room so uh so he destroys that narrative until she can get rid of him. So yeah. uh, so I, I love how she's manipulated Hero to uh, to break that bond between the two of them and, and um, made her question all of her previous relationships. And just to point out, because it kind of popped into my brain, we're eight episodes into the show and we've seen Hero in most episodes, almost every episode. And it was, it was only at this moment that I was like, Hero doesn't know that Yark's still alive. Uh, Hero has no idea of that yeah, at all. That's true. And she's being prodded about his relationship which could have a massive impact when those two characters meet in future yeah she's being prodded about his his intentions when she says he was always there defending me well did he defend defend you um when your back was turned when your parents were blaming you for things do you think yarrick was just going well at least they're they're blaming her and not defending you and (laughs) all of those questions are popping in there in hero's head so there potentially could be some massive implications for that for the last surviving, uh, surviving man, Yarrick, her brother. You know, so I'm I'm, I'm intrigued uh, to see how that will play out. Yeah, definitely. When they do eventually meet up, I think as well. Just on a quick lighter side of that whole um, the the storytelling circle, um, I did when Hero was sat, sort of being asked to to tell her story of her father and of Yarrick, um. I did love the fact that there was the the random chicken in the background picking <laughs> away uh, at, uh, at the at, at, on the floor. Yeah, I just thought it was really nice because we saw the chickens there when they first came to the Price Max Warehouse. Uh-huh. And um, Sam, I, Sam saying, "Where they? Uh, this can't be hygienic." No, uh, exactly. We've seen them all the time. It's just having this, this continuity of the chickens around, and you know, I guess in such a important scene to, uh, that. You've just got these, I think there were three uh, around the back, just pecking away, uh, minding their own business. So I thought that was kind of quite, quite cool. Absolutely. And do you know what else was really interesting going on in the background? Did you see Nora's reaction when uh, when Roxanne was ta- was taking Hero out and, and kind of attacking uh, Sam at the same time? Nora's reaction sitting in the background, you could see she was kind of going, right, it's your turn now. 
Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so exactly. It was very much of, yeah, they're, they're not friends. We've said they've had very separate stories here in the Price Max. Um, and just interesting to see her in the background going, oh, okay, spotlight off me for a minute. Uh, it's on the two of them now. So I thought that was Well, exactly. And, uh, and, you know, there was, was a point as well. Um, you know, you, you see it when they're arguing, um, Sam and Hero. And, you, and again, it, it leads to another switch of, of of Hero when Roxanne kind of just puts her hand on top of the, the gun. Uh, and then all of a sudden Hero becomes very protective of Sam that it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. she's fine with it. And similarly, I actually thought when Roxanne sort of just walks at, into the room where Sam is packing, getting ready to go, I, I, I wondered whether he was going to get killed like Kate and the, uh, you know, at the start, uh, whether it was going to be, seen as you know he was stealing and, and running off mm-hmm. um but i think that would have possibly been a step too far for for hero so you know roxanne has got the smarts here as well um so i thought that was kind of interesting I, I think it's nice i like where sam ends up you know mm-hmm. as he strikes out on his own and I love, I mean, I jumped like crazy when Principal Blackwell, um, kind of popped in, but I just like that. You, you could, you got the sense that's, that's who he is. And that's something that he can, you know, connect with and, and connect with Principal Blackwell. I'm wondering whether he's going to stay there because. I, there's just elements where right at the end, um, you know, he, he, he lets out an expletive, uh, and it, it, I'm just wondering, is he, is he kind of angry with himself that he did leave and wants to get back? And that's simply mm-hmm. because in some ways, Sam not being at, um, the, the price max, he possibly knows that Hero could then go down a destructive path mm-hmm. um and so that's the realization that he's just had uh just as he's you know he, he's finishing off chopsticks that uh <laughs> principal blackwell has, has asked him to 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 do a rendition of yeah. so I, I thought that was um I thought that was interesting but i do wonder whether he will you know wander uh, back to price max mm. and of course it will all be burnt down and whether even the group will be there well, I like the idea of him coming back after the group have left. Um, that, that'd be an interesting option, but I, I'm really intrigued to see the journey of Sam on his own and see what happens to him. Yeah. Uh, in this, in I this would love world. to see that. It's, too. it's lovely that we've seen him meet up with someone that seems to be quite friendly. Um, yeah. yep. Blackwell, who's there because the kids will eventually be coming back to school. So she might as well just wait for them. Um, and I love her, her, the kind of banter between the two of them where she's saying, you know, this is the best thing I've heard all day. You stay there as long as you want to and play as much music as you want. But you mentioned earlier on that we learned a little bit about Sam and his past. Um, and this is where we got that line of, um, I'm an artist. Are you, are you a musician? I'm an artist. What kind of artist? A struggling artist. Yeah. Um, that doesn't really narrow it down very much. Is no, exactly. From, from Principal Blackwell as well. So, uh, so I like that. He's an interpretive dance. Is that what? Yeah. Well, he's in theatre. He's in you know, it's live theatre. Yeah. And and uh, so I, yeah, it it was it was good seeing Sam uh, there with mm-hmm. with Principal Blackwell. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they did seem like birds of a feather. Okay. They flock together. Um, I just want to give a hat, hats up to Coleman, the writer, or Eliza Clark, um, whoever, or someone in the writer's room, whoever decided just to do the play it again, Sam. Just mm. cheesy, on the nose, 
but perfect. Yeah. perfect in that moment. Absolutely. <laughs> just Nailed it was just it like it just it, it just recentered me as like, ah, oh, that was fun. Okay, okay. There's lighthearted elements in what is a very dark episode. It was just that, oh, okay, yay. Absolutely. I think everybody has had uh, some connection with their name in a song or a movie quote or, or something like that. And you kind of get the feeling from Sam's reaction. It was kind of a, oh, somebody said that thing to me again that people always used to say to me when they heard my name was Sam, you know, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. He's kind of, he's like, oh, okay, something normal, some yeah. normal interaction with a person. So, uh, yeah, like that a lot. Excellent. Uh, is that about Sam, John? That's everything um, from from me, I think, really, on, on Sam. Um, Derek, what is your top moment? Really, it's the story of Roxanne. The flashbacks for Roxanne had to be my my big point for this episode. Um, but I don't know which way around to talk about it because it's done in a memento uh, yeah. way. It's taken from uh, the first flashback to the last flashback and we learn everything uh, about who Roxanne is. And then when you kind of compile it back in your brain, you know exactly where that story has started and ended. Uh, which way should I go, guys? Should we go? Uh, I'd say go the correct order. Whatever yes. way you decide the way, that to the way be. We start. Yeah, the sequential okay. timeline. <laughs> Chris, that was useless help. You decided, Derek, is basically what you just said. Well, no, I said, I think the, the right order, order is the way decide. to go. What you think is the right order is the, uh, is the interesting part. Do you consider the right order the memento way? i.e. the way they told us, or the more sequential historical timeline. Well, I think basically the way they've told us the story, the reason why they've done it this way is because the biggest revelations about Roxanne's character come at the end. So you save those to keep the drama going throughout the episode, effectively. Um, so let, let's go through that way. So uh, originally, um, Roxanne was an assistant manager at the Price Max, um, but not a very well-respected one by her manager, who it seems absolutely horrible as a human being he's yeah. awful um we hear that roxanne has uh, has taken a few months off because of her cancer uh, her husband has left her she's come back um after the rehabilitation rehabilitation just come back to work i think within the last week and has noticed there's been some uh, some issues with another one of the employees um and uh her her female co-worker jenna um where he has been um sexually harassing her and Roxanne has made a report to her boss about it and is basically being told to shut up and be quiet yeah. about it. He's just a kid. Um, <laughs> Roxanne pointing out he's not a kid. He's 32 years old. Uh, he really yeah. should know better than this. But it's a boys club effectively uh, in there. So I thought that was quite interesting that, that that's effectively the interaction that she's had. The two major people probably in her life are boss at work, man at home. The man at home has left her because because she got sick horrible thing to do as well uh, and the guy in work is telling her shut up your opinion doesn't matter and i don't care about the female employees in my business um if you don't if you don't perk up you'll be fired because i've realized that you've stolen a box set from the bargain bin effectively so uh, roxanne very down in her luck doesn't seem to have uh, any money to her name even because given uh given medical expenses in the u.s um she and the loss of her husband leaving her she doesn't seem to have anything yeah. to her name so uh, has to kind of put up with this horrible job um then we have the the follow-up scene where effectively roxanne after the death of everybody seems to be living in the price max um and uh is uh, encounters to uh, a group of women i guess the three women 
who are fighting with each other. They, uh, one runs in, followed by another one carrying a gun. They both shoot each other. And then another woman comes in to, to follow them, also carrying a gun. Uh, Roxanne shoots her and then takes up a position for anybody who's coming into the price max to shoot and kill them. I really That's like that answer. position as well, mm. in the sense that as you walk in, you would think she was a mannequin mm-hmm. um, because of the mannequins behind the cage. And yeah. I, I thought that was pretty neat, actually. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. You, you say down on a look, yeah, Roxanne seems much less, let's not say necessarily less sure of herself, but because oh. the because the rugs have been pulled from under her feet with her illness, how she's been treated by her husband, mm-hmm. who's just effectively left her, uh, how she's treated in in the workplace, you know, she's she seems less confident, uh, less sure of herself, um, and I I just thought that was portrayed really nicely um, by by Missy Pyle. Absolutely, um, it was really good. She's you know, such because a um, to bear in this episode, but being that yeah. she's dealing with this past version of Roxanne, as you say, a little bit a little bit of a messy character, and because she's just coming back into the workforce after being off with this horrible uh, illness that 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 took uh, everything from her effectively she's much quieter version and then as you say those moments with Sam uh, later on in the episode when she's pulling a gun on him and that kind of stuff or when she's uh, attempting to pull a gun and trying to be a leader for this group these are very different characteristics of the character and i think Missy Powell does a great performance throughout this episode yeah definitely yeah, yeah i really like then just how she forms um, the plan that unfolds as well with the, the group of women that we see with her now, um, at the, the price max as well. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, how she stumbles across them. And it, I, I think that informs, I guess, her, her later sort of decision, uh, when she's confronted by Nora, which we'll get into later. Uh, I, I really liked seeing that kind of commonality between Roxanne and Nora actually, uh, it, it, from those, which is basically opportunistic, you know, sees an opportunity uh, and works with the chaos that's being provided. Absolutely. Um, and I thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we see her effectively burning the bodies in another, in another flashback and then noticing a police car there and kind of at the uh, seeing a horse and the horse brings her back to the women's refuge which she follows and then that's when her plan starts to form where she's putting all these things together she she realizes um she could potentially have some control over the women in this in this uh, refuge so she instigates this incident saying that she's a police officer she lies on the ground fires two shots in the air and then runs into the house afterwards saying somebody was shooting at their house it was definitely multiple shooters because that's why there were two bullets so quickly after each other yeah. kind of thing. So she's taken up this position as a police officer, which, you know, so far we have thought that's what she is. That's how she's been telling uh, the women that she is, is, is a police officer on their side. Um, but here we find out she's effectively just created a persona. It's so interesting because that is the line that she said to Hero when originally kind of inviting Hero into this group going, the world's over, you create who you are from now on. Yeah. And that's exactly what she's done. She's created this completely new persona for herself. And I love that the elaborate story, effectively, of this life that never was is is never a total lie. Mm-hmm. That she is pulling from the references of then these flashbacks that we're getting yeah. of how she's gotten to the, the, the this point. And that that's just so she... nicely done. Yeah. 
she incorporates the story of Jenna into her story about a, a woman, the only other woman on the police force with her. Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, and the lines that she says, Jenna pushing her away says are actually the lines of her manager saying to her, um, don't worry about it. you like the attention maybe because you're getting on a bit when you were younger you liked the attention too and now that you're getting older you don't like the attention jenna's giving which is what the manager said to her rather than what jenna herself would have said yeah. so uh, really interested to pulling all that stuff together as well um yeah and, and also just you know you have that um you have the start of that narrative that she's building with these women from the refuge as well. You know, you, you see the, the, the story circle, uh, where she, you know, is trying to persuade them to, to come in and be a part of it. The cop element is, is problematic for them. And I, I love how she, she takes that and just says, I was in homicide. We were the ones that had to deal with the consequences of women not being listened to, uh, was the homicide of, of women. Yep. And immediately, you know, you see the, the group kind of connect with that explanation that, okay, yes, she's a police officer. Yep. They wouldn't necessarily have trusted them. Um, but the way she sort of slants that, that story to try and dispel that fear. Uh, it was just really m- amazingly handled, I thought, by both the writers and um, Missy Pyle. Must have been a story that she took for Lower Order Season 10. Uh, yeah. yeah. Must have been. Yeah. Must have been. <laughs> um, what are, uh, the kind of final tying up piece, because we have all of these elements. We've now got um, the group of women from the refuge in uh, in. Price Max, we have the explanation for how she's gotten them there. She's explained to them that uh, while it may have been a really safe place to be in regular times, now you're in the worst kind of location because there's only one entrance and no other exits. Um, you're now going to be attacked from all sides because people want your profit property. And these are vulnerable women. Um, we find out how just how vulnerable they are because they were all effectively there with a leader who was um, who was helping them through their situa- each of their situations. And that leader left in the middle of the night, the first night um, that uh, after the initial yep. apocalypse, um, leaving them all on their own. So, uh, so that's the position that effectively Roxanne is subsuming. She's kind of saying, Oh, what a horrible person that was. But look, I'm a person in authority. I can help you through everything. Uh, I have the training to deal with this, but she has none of it. Um, she's just putting on that air and putting on that confidence, but it ties it all the way back up to the first time we met Roxanne. Um, right back. In her introduction, effectively, there was a woman that was shot, Kate, uh, who was dying on a table. Um, Hero was asked to save her as a, as an EMT, uh, and Roxanne came in and shot and killed Kate. Uh, what we find out in this episode is, and I think, and I'm, I'm just inferring slightly, but I think Kate has had discovered the police car. Um, she's out of bounds, is what you see from Roxanne. She's saying, why have you gone outside the boundaries? She's covered in water. Uh, so it seems like she went into the lake the same way Nora did, discovered the police car, and was confronting Roxanne about it and then tried to escape and Roxanne shot her because of it effectively. Um, cause she didn't know how to control her. So that kind of changes a little bit the, uh, the, the initial introduction of Roxanne where she walks in, Kate's dying on the table and she just puts a bullet in her head because yeah. effectively she wanted to silence her back in that moment. And now she's had the opportunity to do it. 
the first time we meet her. Whereas we thought she was kind of putting her out of her misery because there was no doctors around. It was, was what uh, we thought and how that was. Well, it was introduced. both effectively um, column A and column B. The, the underlying thrust of it is definitely so she doesn't recover. But we do hear from Hero, you know, she needed a surgeon, yes. not um, a paramedic. Yeah. You know, and Hero's play there was to not get shot herself yeah. um, and and Sam and Nora and Mackenzie at mm-hmm. that time. But Hero, I think, is, is clear enough that even with what she had managed to do, um, Kate probably wasn't going to survive. Mm-hmm. But yes, you're right. The underlying thrust is definitely to be certain. Yes, exactly, exactly. But overall, that's my that's uh, my point. There's Roxanne's flashbacks. I just love the how it was told and love uh, I love the order in which it was told and love yes. learning all those little individual bits about this character who effectively assistant manager on the breadline about to be fired all the way to leader of this group uh, in this episode uh, and yeah tying it right the way back up. So now we have her full story from day one to day seventy nine or whatever we are right now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Day hundred. This can't give it even hundred at this point. <laughs> How about yourself, Chris? What's your uh, point for the episode? I'm going to take the remaining main story beat on this, which is Nora. Mm-hmm. Um, the the character which I was we've been trying to figure out how she will survive, what will happen with her, and uh, yes, Derek um, was very much right. You <laughs> you had pretty much called this one on the money. Yeah, um, loved yeah. how it played out though. Oh, a hundred percent. The the just yeah. throughout the episode, we see Nora just slowly more and more and more become more desperate. First yeah. with Hero, so essentially told that she has two to three days to get the hell out. Um, then essentially it's like begs for mercy, not going to happen. Okay, well, try to convince the kid. The kid say, I'm staying, I'm never going to leave. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And and says, uh, well, dad would have let me stay. Oh, no, that's a, that's a cutting jab yeah. to, a, to a mother who's lost her husband as well. Isn't yeah. It? And probably that argument is the moment where Nora... Um, at least realized something had to be done. Otherwise yes. she would lose her, her only remaining connection family. to family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and daughter. Yep. Uh, and then we see her try to convince Hero. Like you're like, I, this is where you see the PR elements at her, her, her attempt to use her skills to, yeah. and predominantly fail, fail, and fail again. So she mm-hmm. fails with her <laughs> child. She fails with Hero. She fails with Sam. And the Sam cutting is, I, I think you're mistaken. Do you think we're friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like just going on that, it was just, that was one where you're like, oh yeah, she has just not, she's not ingratiated herself into this group at all. No, exactly. And the hero one was good as well, because the place has just burnt down. They all have got some massive hangover, because, you know, if we want to throw a party uh, in our temple, then we will, and they really go all out. That party looked fun. Yeah, Yeah. it did look look fun. Um, But I love that Hera just turns around and says, what are you talking about? Because she's trying (laughs) to sort of, you know, build in a story of of how she wasn't really that close to her own mother in order to try and persuade Hero, who, you know, isn't very close with her mum, um, to, to sort of 
come along with her so mm-hmm. that you know it's safety in numbers yeah uh, sure you and forgive you all that stuff is water on the bridge the minute she sees you everything will be fine um i didn't have a great relationship with my mom <laughs> lovely what are you talking about yeah, lovely, yeah i just lovely. it was so good yeah um, Marin ireland it had some great moments in this episode that moment where she's lying over the top of roxanne while roxanne is asleep after the party like i, I could have gone any way for me there i didn't know we we i've been expecting Nora to have a change in the series as, as we've as we've talked about multiple times but I really thought that that she was going to slide out a knife and take Roxanne out there and just take over the group effectively I thought that's the way she was going to go I love that she's gotten much more in her mind and pulled out this plan for how how she can now fit into the group yeah and just again using what she knows she's using mm-hmm. what her skill her pre apocalypse skills as a survivor she's not a forager she's not a leader she's not her job is to be the woman behind the curtain behind the leader behind basically what essentially what she did with the president and we saw her in the first episode being this role and she's just installing her new president in this place yeah in roxanne um and it is fun to see her like then scramble after the the Sam discussion after yeah. the the hero discussion like all right I'm going to have to run I'm going to have to run and she and it's literally because that's as you said we find out she had be, she is the person that was stealing the food consisting and stealing a handgun mm-hmm. yeah. as well um and then finding the badge uh in the police car yeah. Uh, well, more just that, what was that bird floating down the river? It looked like a demon spawn. That is a call back to why she left her home um, when the, she was trying to bury her husband and son back in uh, in episode one. Oh, two. with the crows. Yeah, there was the, um, it's a vulture, I think. Uh, but it's a massive vulture. Yeah, vulture, it was a, but, yeah, um, it was definitely something. Yeah, it, it's a bird they have in America that we don't have over a here. Buzzard or something. Uh, no, yeah. vultures are big now. <laughs> yeah, that was it was massive. But yes, I think I think it is just tying back in because yeah. remember that's what drove them out of their home. It was the type of bird that attacked Mackenzie when she fell over, um, because those birds were attacking the uh, the bodies of her uh, her father and her brother. Um, so. It seems to be a connection back yeah. there. So maybe yeah. this is going to be the emblem for um, for Nora's new uh, political party that she's creating. <laughs> yeah. I just I, I just loved it was just as simple as a name tag and yeah. finding the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was hoping a more photo ID. It was kind of like, hi, my name's Roxanne. And it was a photo of her yeah. as the story unfolded. But it wasn't just the name. I was like, well, she could have lied her way out of that one. She may have may have been able to, yeah. Um, but I I think she puts up a pretty convincing argument, though. You know, the argument itself that Nora's saying to her is, "I get it. I know what you're trying to do. Manipulate these women who have been hurt by men and say all men are bad, and that binds them to you. You're helping them, but that's not going to last forever because men are no longer around. Yeah, the men exactly. Their lives. You can no longer turn them against them because they're no longer here. You need something bigger. You need something more important. You need something to push their buttons and get them to really follow you like a real leader. Yeah. Well, I love that she says you know you need more than men suck basically because there are no men left um absolutely and chris since it's your point i'm sure you chose it for a big reason here this is the creation of the daughters of the amazon major characters in the comic book so what do you think of this version we didn't really get the creation of daughters of the amazon in the comic books we had this group and kind of learned a bit about it over time what did you think of this as the 
the new version of the creation. I loved it. I loved it. We had some ideas based on kind of the rebirth of sin, the rebirth um, ceremony in previous mm-hmm. episodes, the, the chosen names that they were choosing. I was like, maybe they're going to do it. I did think up until this point, I was like, oh, wait, Roxanne, oh my God, they're just, this was a, a, a punt. It was a, a fake. They were going to just, they were dangling that this was the daughters of the Amazon and then we're going to kind of decide to do something else and it was only as the 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 speech at the end is given and to be fair fantastic writing on the speech it was like something yeah. it's a speech <laughs> i would be happy to write yeah. i love that when she makes the reference to amazons in that speech that one of the women listening on says oh you mean the ones from wonder woman um, I, that was just really that was a nice little touch. Yeah. It's like no from Greek mythology, yeah, just, <laughs> but they they thing. both are fair, both are fierce women. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, really... there's a very big difference between the two, isn't there? That the, she specifically calls out that the original uh, warrior women cut off one breast to uh, to be able to fire a bow better. Uh, that's not something you'd see in Wonder Woman. Um, this is a very no. different group, and she is. Really, it's a call to arms here for all of them. This is now a big change. This is no longer about them um, sitting around in a kumbaya circle talking about their past lives. Now, she's effectively saying the world is ours. We are the daughters of Amazon. The world is ours. This is now them going on the offensive almost. Yes. Um, And partially because Nora has taken away their home from them. She's burnt it down. That scene where she burns it down. It's such an interestingly filmed scene. It's not how I expected it to go, as I, as I mentioned earlier on, at all. But it's so, it's almost so casual, and there's almost moments where Nora looks like she may go one way and may not. You know, she kind of casually plays with the uh, with the gasoline and kind of throws a little bit of it down and a little bit more, and then kind of leading it in, and then and then she walks outside and just casually kicks a little bit of the fire towards it, and then gives it a little touch, and then it all goes up. And you're kind of wondering, has yeah. has she really planned definitely what she's going to do here? Or are there moments when she could just go and get that bag and get Mackenzie and leave? Or is this all going, is she just a little bit too drunk and she just goes, right, all right, I'm just going to do it and see see what how it plays out. But I do love how it, how quickly all the women turn on each other the following yeah. morning when they get up. No, it was your fault. You said you were going to put out the fire after we finished. No, no, I said I'd allow the, the fire to burn down. And Roxanne's trying to calm them down and is told promptly to F off immediately. Yeah. Uh, I love that. So the whole situation has started to break down because exactly to Nora's earlier point, these women aren't here for you as their leader. Yeah. They're here because you have food. And the yeah, minute that food goes, they're all gone to. It's like you had stuff. Now you have no stuff. Yeah. You're not a leader. Uh, like she's really smart. I, I loved um Nora's jumping off point here with with Roxanne but I have to say all the while I was I was there going Roxanne's gonna kill her yeah if she knows mm-hmm. um then she's gonna kill her and so uh, to my point earlier about with Roxanne sees her opportunity fires the gun in the air to get the the uh, the women at that refuge on board um she she sees her opportunity and takes it and that's exactly what Nora is doing here as well you know she's on the outs she's been scrambling 
she finds Roxanne's secret in the, you know, partly submerged cop car with all the bodies as well mm-hmm. um, from the people that she shot uh, in the store. Probably should have taken the opportunity to try a bit harder pushing the police car. I have, I've never pushed a car into a lake before. Um, maybe just tested to see if the lake was deep enough. <laughs> I, I think it was a river. I think oh, it was. A yeah, river. it was a river. So yeah. I think she thinks it would have gotten swept uh, away because it was yeah. a pretty big river. And it was just literally the lights off the top of the police car that, that the only thing that go away. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love, you know, she finds this secret. She then, and you're, you're right, she kind of it's almost like, am I actually going to go through this? Well, I'll start doing it. And then she, she sets it on fire um, and then confronts Roxanne. And I believe that's, for me anyway, that's why Roxanne accepts Nora's offer and doesn't just simply um, kill her. Because I think she sees a bit of a kindred spirit no. in that someone that has taken that opportunity and, and seized it, but also one that not only has done that, but as as Nora says, I'll help you be what you so desperately want to be. And that is effectively in charge um, to be that leader that is inspirational, um, which Nora can see she isn't. Um, and Nora gives her the, the strategy to do that mm-hmm. and out comes the inspirational speech. So I loved, um, I just love this. And I, it's all almost to Sam's point when Nora's trying to enlist him to sort of go with her and, and to leave is that he says, I don't trust you. Um, yeah. and why would he? And why would he doesn't trust Roxanne either? Uh, because of, what she's doing, how she's treating him. And, you know, so I think Sam is also here, possibly quite a perceptive person. But I, I think, Nora, you know, Nora is doing it for self-preservation. And, and potentially, I think Roxanne as well w- w- was doing that as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I think she'd come to the end of her plan. So a great, a great moment for Nora to come yeah, in. Yeah, definitely. Go, Actually, there's another opportunity here. Completely. We look forward to see where they go, what they become. Do they become a band of wandering warlike Amazons? There's a lot of indications that they're going to follow some of the more um, interesting comic book storylines mm-hmm. um, based on the they have essentially given us the origin of this group. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see. And beyond that, what does this spell for Hero? Mm-hmm. Hero yeah. is our, he's she's one of our secondary main characters, and now we have, um, cheap. Well, that seems that sounds bad. Okay, if we consider that the ampersand, Yarick three five five man are the main characters. The all these other other characters are supporting, but secondary. I, I wouldn't even go. I'd still call them main cast because yeah, they are, the yeah. storylines are so ingrained now. It's not just. A Yarick three five five and man story anymore. It is we now have this growth with Hero. We have like we hadn't seen these guys for an episode, so like now we haven't seen Pentagon, we haven't seen Yarick for an episode. Like we are down to the final two. Yeah. Um how does that all start to wrap up into the final like fin or go into the penultimate? But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but really, really intriguing, and I love this. You know, I, I will, 
I will definitely now go down and say this is a better version of the story of the Daughters of the Amazon than we got in the comic books um, because it's not as detailed. And I think they've written a great intro story for this, why this group exists yes. in this world. Um, yeah. And I think I do think, no offense to Brian K. Vaughan or Peter Guerrero uh, <laughs> on, their, on their comic book, I just think it's better in what they've done in the show here. Yeah, they've taken a, a fantastic idea, a fantastic group, and they've just expanded upon it and made yeah. it. They, it's like taking a Picasso and going, do you know what? I'm going to put it in a really nice frame. That makes it even better. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. that's that's uh, possible. Yeah, a connection there, Chris. Uh, any notes on the episode, guys? No, I am just uh, curious to see what happens with Sam. And that bit, I, I already gave my play it again, Sam. Kind of chef's kiss. Um, peace. Um, and please, 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 I want someone to make the Roxanne police joke. That is all they I ask. They did though, Chris. They've said that she is, uh, she is a worker whose name is Roxanne and became a police officer. That is the best possible yeah. connection to Roxanne and the police. Okay. Well, let me put it this way. I want Yorick when he meets Roxanne to go, Roxanne, like Roxanne. <laughs> okay. That's all. I just want someone to do it. That's, it's just such a, an easy cultural touchstone that you can just play to with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but anyway, that is my before, note. This is the reason why we don't work in writer's rooms for TV It really shows, is true. Uh, in the past. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I've got no notes. Um, I certainly can't follow that note anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Can <laughs> okay. you, Derek? Can uh, no, you no. follow? No, I think we've talked uh, really extensively about this episode. Really enjoyed the episode overall. Yeah. Um, I think it was, it's, it, the story taking it to just the price max in this episode and seeing the history of Roxanne and the creation of the Daughters of the Amazon uh, was such a great idea so that you, you get the full impact of what's going on in this episode, I think. Yeah. If it had been split the way most of the episode had been split with with three different locales and trying to tell the story in between two other stories going on, I don't think it would have had the same impact. So I'm really happy that they've taken the time to do one episode to give us all this information and create this big group. Yeah, definitely. How about yourself? You know, I, I really love this episode. Um, I give it four and a half chopsticks out of five. Um, I, I just love the focus on the dynamic of Nora, Sam, Hero with, you know, the ever-present Roxanne and just mm. what that's done uh, to this this little group that we saw earlier on in this season. Um, and I just thought, again, another superb episode for the writing and the acting, um, giving it that hour-long time to to sort of mature um, and macerate in its own juices um, was really just fantastic yeah. uh you know to see roxanne prior to being um the so-called leader of this group and mm -hmm. um, seeing uh nora's own sort of um victory and, and moments uh, of of opportunity that she grasps um and, and seeing effectively hero sort of get pulled in on it mm -hmm. and, and lose Sam. I thought all of these were great points um, and I, I loved it. So yeah, four and a half chopsticks out of five. Excellent. Excellent. Any final, final words on the episode, Chris, you want to add? I have pretty much exhausted everything I can um, on this episode. Um, it, I was just happy. It was a good, good episode. I think yeah. that's um, interesting to see where they take it for the final two. 
That is really like we are not even midway through the mid country uh, for our uh, cross country um, trip. So let's see how far they get before the end of season one. But gentlemen, with all that being said and done, I think it's about time we head on over for some feedback. First and foremost, we have uh, some feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips. This is about episode seven. He has this to say. I should preface this with hashtag Silent Bob Live, I think. Laugh out loud. Uh, I think what Dr. Bob's saying here is that this is like a live Steve. It's his own version, but in written format. Mm-hmm. So, notes Dr. as he Bob, goes. Yes, making notes as he goes. So he has this to say. So the corpses are rotting, but not a cloud of flies. Is this because the boy flies have died off and their short life cycles mean they're extinct? Sleeping is entirely something best on almost anywhere else than behind the wheel of a car. This is a great reminder. Mm-hmm. The weird body swap things 355 is experiencing is freaky and intriguing, and I want to know where it's building to. Oh my god, that prosthetic puke was so gross and strikingly accurate. <laughs> there should have been more nose wrinkling, though, let's be honest. <laughs> Poor Marla, I thought they played her story, The Edge of Despair, and just clinging onto reality beautifully. An appropriate and painful ending. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I do agree with you, and I'm here for hashtag Silent Bob Live. Absolutely. A really interesting point that he mentions about the, the, the no clouds of flies over all the bodies that are in the, uh, that are in the Pentagon. Um, do you know, I think we've mentioned this before. There is a no prize uh, idea in Marvel Comics where they had kind of continuity issues and people pointed out an, a, a reason in universe that could be uh, the, <laughs> the cause of that continuity issue. And this is one of those. This absolutely could be the reason that there are no flies around. They have a short lifespan if there are no uh, boy flies around. Yep, exactly. Flies could be extinct. This could be yep. the way to deal with it. This Maybe that's the reason that the... Uh, that the original thing that killed all the uh, mammals with the Y chromosome um, came around. Maybe that's the reason somebody was trying to kill off all flies in the world and it ended off killing all Y chromosome mammals. Uh, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but I do like that idea that uh, that, that you've uh, noticed something there, that there's no flies around uh, all the dead bodies. Well, that's true, actually. Any animal that has you know shorter life cycles mm-hmm. will gradually go out of existence. Um, Sooner. That's right. That is uh, actually discussed in the uh, in the comic books as well. So yeah. there is there, that that will come in future. Uh, but with a short lifespan for flies, uh, maybe it's coming a little sooner for them. Thanks so much, Bob, uh, for for the feedback. We also got some feedback on Facebook on episode eight from Salima Kisler. He says this was a tough one to watch, not because it was boring or uninteresting, but because I spent the first half of the episode hurting for Sam, Nora and Hero and being confused by the snippets of flashbacks to Roxanne's rise to power and her motivations. In the end, though, it did come together. While I missed our travelling quartet, and I feel like we, we left the DC plot just when it was getting very interesting... It was cool to get Roxanne's origin story, and a lot of what she's been doing now makes more sense. Mm-hmm. After Hero sabotaged the car, they found and then came on to Sam all the while stringing him along. I thought she was the worst person in the show, but now that title belongs firmly to Roxanne. 
I did greatly enjoy Sam finding a moment of humanity with Principal Blackwell. Mm -hmm. Great contrast from Roxanne's Iron Fist. All in all, a rough episode, but definitely a good watch. I absolutely uh, agree, Celine, there on Principal Blackwell. It was just a real nice moment. And, you know, you see... Okay, the, the surprise, the, the jump, you know, him jumping, uh, from the surprise of Principal Black Hole coming in, but then that, you know, realizing just she's wants to hear him, uh, play, play again. And it was just really nice moment. You, you know, you see him relax into it. Um, I thought it was a, it was a good moment for Sam, that. And I think you're right. It's that moment of humanity with, with another human being because, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the Roxanne version of humanity is really confrontational. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Really good points to them. I know these are tough episodes to watch sometimes. Um, and yeah, you're, you're kind of left a little bit adrift about what the hell is going on with Roxanne's, um, flashbacks because they're flashbacks, but also in the wrong order as well. And so, uh, until you get to the end of the episode, it does tie up really, really well. And I, I love the mechanism that they use to, to tell this story of who, of, of her rise to power, uh, in reverse, basically. So, uh, love that too. Thanks, Salim. Yes. Thank you, Salim. Finally, we have a voicemail from the one, the only Steve Brown. Take it away, Steve. Oh, TV podcast industries. This is Steve. And this is for why the last man episode eight. I thought Kate was the one she shot. I guess not. Okay. Okay. Kate had just left, but now we see Roxanne's real, like what she is. Yeah. Uh, she just said the title of the episode, mic drop. N- not your people. What? Like psycho controlling. Okay. So this is a flashback. Missy Pyle's hair looks shorter. So <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't in the room. It is kind of a cult. The way everybody was repeating what Roxanne would say. Okay, so it seems like in the beginning, they decided not to stay with her at the Price Max, and they went back to the group home, and that's where the horse went to, right? But it's pretty close to this Price Max thing. It's a dance party! Hey, they had one of those in Pennsylvania. What the heck? Is she going to try to burn the place down? Oh, that's not right. Wow, that escalated quickly. Okay, it's a huge pet peeve of mine in TV shows and movies when, especially cops... Fire guns into the air. Gravity people, bullets come down. And when they come down, they come down with even more force than they went up with. And the earth rotates. So you don't know where that bullet is going to come down. Hey, Nora just found the police car that, I guess that's what Roxanne put all the dead bodies into. And then, but she, what is this card she just took? I'm starting to suspect that she wasn't really a cop before this. Nice. I was trying to figure out. What she found, and she found the name tag. Okay, that makes so much sense, and she just put everything together. All right, guys, uh, can't wait to hear you talk about this one. I don't know if I'm going to get it in in time, uh, but I'll get the next one in time. Don't worry, Steve. You got it in in time. Thanks so much. Yes, I know. You certainly did. Yeah, you were away in Philadelphia this week with uh, a bunch of uh, Walking Dead fans. Yes, Uh, was it sunny is the question I would ask. Always sunny in Philadelphia, I've heard. 
Oh, well done. Well done, boys. Well done. Well, there you go. We just said the name of the episode in the episode. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it's really interesting. Again, because of the mechanism of how they tell the story of of Roxanne in the episode, it's really interesting hearing your feedback um, and your reactions to, you know, a a cop shooting a gun in the air. No cop would be stupid enough to do that. Well, she's not a cop. She's an assistant manager at a a, a, a price max. Um, Now, she may have had a lot of gun experience beforehand because they obviously sell a lot of guns in there, but um, but she, uh, she may have just done something really stupid and could have paid for it with her life uh, if it had, if, if it hadn't worked out for her. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Great to hear from you, Steve. I hope you had a great time away with the Z-Heads um, last weekend. I'm, uh, I've heard great stories about, uh, about the trip, so I uh, hope you really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks so much, Steve, and everyone else for your feedback. Absolutely. Um, I do want to give a shout out to some other podcasts that are covering Why the Last Man um, for this season. I know that we cover multiple shows uh, on, on TV podcast industry. I think we're up to this is our forty fifth show that we're covering uh, over here. But there are lots of other podcasts that are giving uh, that are that are covering Why the Last Man and talking about it in, in really different ways to ourselves. Um, Black Girl Couch Reviews is a really good podcast, a, a solo podcast where she's talking about every episode individually, along with multiple of the shows that she's covering over there. Um, go over and listen to our friends over on the Superhero Show Show. Um, three other podcasters talking about every single comic book related TV show that comes out every week they're covering Why the Last Man over there as well and go listen to our friends over in Double P Media who are doing uh, Zed, the podcast you listen to after Why uh, over on Double P Media as well. Excellent, love that title. It's really good isn't it? And I yeah. keep calling it Zed and it's Z, but they don't mind since, uh, since they know we're not from America. But, uh, loads of other voices out there talking about this great show. And it's, I, I've really enjoyed listening to each of those every week, getting different perspectives, uh, on the episodes so that I can, uh, so, so that I can get, you know, some more, some more impressions of how the, how the world is viewing this show as well. So, uh, go check them out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks so much, fellow survivors, for all the feedback. Uh, keep them coming in. Uh, and thanks for joining us for episode eight as well of Why the Last Man. We will be back with the penultimate episode of season one of Why the Last Man, episode nine, entitled Peppers. Mm. So I wonder whether they're bell peppers, uh, <laughs> black pepper. White pepper. Red hot chili peppers. Red hot chili peppers. Ghost peppers. We had Weird Al is dead early on the season. That is true. Maybe they will find some of the red hot chili peppers. So, oh my God, do you imagine? (laughs) There you go. There's a special guest star for you. Uh, (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back again with Why next week. Looking forward to it. Yes, thank you so much, folks. Speak to you again soon. Yep, thanks so much. Keep watching, keep listening, and keep surviving. Bye.